0: the freedom that comes in just entrusting that lack of knowledge, that unknowing, that uncertainty and feeling okay about that is fabulous. And in my creative process, that's that's how the best work has actually come up. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits,
1: talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brilliant Misfits. I'm Aisha, your host. And I really am deeply grateful that you're here and listening to the show. I have a wonderful guest today who um, I feel especially resonant with, and I'm really privileged and honoured to have her come on as a guest today. Her name is Lindy Lee, and she's an Australian contemporary artist. And I was going to say a lot more in the introduction, but I'm going to keep it really short because I want her to talk about her life and her her work and her art and her practice. And you'll get a feeling for what she does without seeing it. So thank you so much, Lindy, for coming on the show. Welcome. My pleasure. pleasure. Beautiful. So I think I'm going to just start off with um, talking about your art and... What's important to you in your in the creation of your art and what informs your art? Oh there's such big questions. Um, I know I always go for the big ones <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Art is just a really important um, instrument for me to try to understand my life and to understand the awful and sometimes very difficult questions that life poses. And I don't know how I would do it uh, except through uh, my work. So I think the first question that um, I ever had with my work really was, you know, what the hell am I? Which is a sort of searing question that was burned into my brain from about three years old. And I think it absolutely stems from the fact that I'm Chinese-Australian and born at a time of white Australia policy um, when to be coloured or, you know, to be not white um, was actually very difficult. Mm. So this question of, you know, what what am I? Um, because I couldn't relate especially to the Chinese, my parents would take me to the Chinese club in Brisbane every Sunday and we'd have, you know, rice and black bean sauce and all these other wonderful Chinese dishes and I would look around and everybody looked like me, but I didn't relate to them because most of them, especially at that time, were were, um, were born in China or from Hong Kong and I was actually born in Australia. And, I, you know, the next day I would go to school and uh, I would want to join in and I would feel like everybody else, but I didn't look like everybody else. And I think that sense of split um, has driven my work. Um, but, of course, as you get older and that question changed to not not who am I, but what am I? It's a much broader mm-hmm. Um, and deeper question, I think.
1: Mm, I was going to ask you about that because you did say, you did use the phrase, you know, the artwork as a search for what am I? And usually people say, who am I? So what is that distinction? Because I know you have a background of um, Taoism and Zen. Um, mm. Is it Buddhism, Zen Buddhism? Yeah. Mm. Mm.
0: And so, so I think, yeah, i I think... Initially, it was a question of who am I, do I belong, and where do I belong? Mm. But that question of identity uh, is a very important one, and but it's only the starting point, actually. So who am I? You're trying to identify that which you are somehow. But the deeper you explore that question, especially with um, meditation practices and the like, you realize that who you are is actually elusive. You know, there are, in each and every one of us, there are many, many, I like to say, there's a tribe of people inside here. Uh, So when I sort of understood that that, you know, who am I is actually elusive because it changes from context to context, from moment to moment, the more mysterious thing is what art? You know, what the hell am I? You know, what 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 is this made from? And for me, it's the the myriad connections that uh, that are made in any one existence. Um, when I um, when I try to explain why art is important, it's because what I often say is that um, art is about giving expression or making visible everything that's invisible inside of us.
1: Mm. Oh, I love that, making visible everything that's invisible inside and, yeah, and also the outside as well. I mean, that connection, I guess there's not really any difference between inside and outside in some ways.
0: Yeah, where does it all start?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. And I often think that your work, um, it does ask questions of those in between places. Can you sort of describe some, you know, the process of your work? Because I I recently listened to you uh, live giving a talk and you were describing your creative process as um, starting with the materials and And then the question came after, if I got that right, I'm not sure if I remember correctly, but it it sort of perked me up and I was like, oh, because I always felt like art, you know, comes from some idea and then you find the materials to express it. And you were actually saying the opposite thing. That's how Mm -hmm. I understood it.
0: Yeah. For me, I think it's a mistake to think that you start with an idea. What Mm -hmm. you start with is a sense of, curiosity I think and connection and so materials are very important uh, to me because it's what you know I I also teach and one of my great passions is teaching and I often say to and especially um, I teach grad students so PhD and master's students and I love this question out of the 10,000 ways that there are of making art you've chosen this shows chosen these materials Um, so what is that let's unpack that connection and what i think has uh i've understood throughout you know more than 30 years now of being an artist is that it's for me it's as if materials call me or colors you know materials um i could i could start with you know just at the very beginning, it was particular images from art history that, that I don't know, that grabbed my attention. And so I started to use these, these images. And from using those images, I realised that it wasn't just some great postmodern strategy, but actually it was much more personal than that. Me choosing to use these, uh, in this case, uh, Western imagery, what I was trying to do was actually declare my belonging was to the West. And the moment I I understood that, that it was a kind of declaration, I realized that you don't, anytime you have to declare where you belong, you actually don't belong there because when you belong, you take it for granted. There's no, you don't have to declare anything. And I realized that from there, and, and also the journey is through the numbers of the sorts of colors I've used, It seems that in every particular uh, phase of my life, my art practice, it's not me coming, you know, like with an idea that I want to make art about. It's rather that uh, some kind of material has engaged me, and in that engagement, the questions that are actually deepest in my heart are allowed to unfold. And each um, each material has is has been a constellation of those questions, um, sometimes quite painful, sometimes quite joyful, but it's only through the faith in a way of engaging. Sometimes, you know, I remember um, very intensely that the colour orange, for instance, was calling me and I was thinking, <laughs> I hate orange, it's too bright, blah, blah, blah. And, and often I would fight against um This, this, what I felt like this insanity, like, you know, why do I have, why am I doing this? And it's only after a number of years that I realized that I had to trust that because every time I trusted it, a new layer of understanding um, would happen. Does that make sense? I'm not quite sure. Mm, It makes a lot
1: of sense. And I want to particularly focus on this trust. Do you think that when you look back, do you think that the trust was always there since you were little? Or do you think that it gradually became stronger through different practices in your life? Because it's quite an important element. I mean, the faith of engaging in what you're doing requires that trust to not get derailed, to really keep exploring, to go deeper, even if it's painful, so,
0: for you, what did? How did that trust unfold? I, I actually don't know. I can't answer that very clearly. But what I can say is that, despite myself, I would find myself um, along a particular course. And I think it was very painful in the first few decades of my life because I didn't, I didn't know that there was, there was a path unfolding for me. I. Um, I'm not quite sure how to describe it some some I guess the deeper part of the deepest part of myself maybe even the wisest part of myself knew something was important and I had to be faithful to it mm. but it really took many many decades for me to understand that I could trust it like all of me could trust it right mm. And even now, you know, sometimes I have a few moments, but it, gets, it does get easier. It's gotten easier because, well, I've gotten this far and it seems to have worked. But more than worked, it's been satisfying because, because as I said, all those really difficult existential questions which my work asks, um, I found a response to those questions. And, and the response was from inside you? Yeah, Um, the response was, um, well, the response was through my work Mm -hmm. and my work demonstrated that, you know, what I I wanted to talk about in that talk that you alluded to was the, the importance of intuition. And I know that intuition, either you believe it or you don't and it's a much bandied word, but intuition is actually that the deeper, the deeper part of sorry, the deeper part of yourself, thinks with the totality of what you are, and your intellectual mind has no access to that. Mm. And I think that's the most important lesson. To be to to me, the to me intuition is just is is the totality of who you are, uh, working towards something, and that gives us insight.
1: Mm, yeah, I agree with that too. And I love your definition. And I think that's very helpful for the listeners. um, Because yes, intuition is um, a word and it's used a lot. But it can have, you know, different people have different perspectives on what that means. And for me, I know that my intuition is weak when I am paying more attention to the mind chatter if mm. you will and when i can relax the mind chatter so to speak i can my intuition then seems to have a stronger voice yeah so yep. Mm. for for anyone out there listening who struggles with trying to get to that deeper place in themselves that totality of who they are and um, whether they're an artist or doing anything creative really um Do you have anything that you could offer, like do you, you know, that they might be able to practice or implement in their lives that might help the voice of their intuition become stronger and let the mind relax a little bit more?
0: Yeah, I think it's just the three rules of meditation. um, Mm -hmm. Which, oh gosh, I hope I can. The the three rules really are: um, pay attention. So pay attention to what's actually occurring inside you. Be curious about it and don't be judgmental. Mm. So those are the that they're the only rules really. So be curious about what calls to calls your attention. I oh I, I love the um I love the Heidegger story. Can I tell that? Yes uh, okay so you know Heidegger as we know, was a German philosopher, um, and he um, he act, he 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 started to translate the I Ching into German uh, when he was quite young, in his twenties or something. And he had um, a problem in trying to explain what the Way is, you know, the Way as in the Tao, mm. because of course the Way. The Tao that can be explained is not the Tao, you know, those all those traps. Anyway, Heidegger was walking in a German forest uh, one time and he kept finding these paths and he would walk down the path and it would end abruptly. And he'd take another path and it would end abruptly. And he got very frustrated until he saw what it, what it was he saw a woodcutter um cutting down uh trees and gathering um and so the path was actually being made as the woodcutter was cutting trees um clearing making clearing after clearing and that's why the path ended so abruptly because when the the woodcutter had finished his job that was the end of the path Mm. and he had um a moment, Heidegger realized that in fact the path isn't some royal uh, pa- royal way from A to B. It's actually the path or the way is made by walking. So it's 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 made as we um, as we passage through life. It's not um, a road that takes us anywhere, but it's firmly about the walking. I just
1: got tingles all up and down my body (laughs) with that. (laughs) Um, I think uh, often we really can forget that, that Mm. that is... I mean, that is life unfolding. That is the natural way. And I think sometimes we really try to plan out this sort of map from A to B. And it creates a lot. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. (laughs) It creates a lot of um, frustration and, um, you know, disappointment and all of those things because or sometimes I don't know. I think I should know like, okay, I'm here, but I want to get there. And I don't know how to get there I have to figure it out I have to figure out how to get from this point to that point point. and actually and this goes back to the intuition as well is that no you don't have to know in fact when you step into just take the next step then the one next will reveal itself or something like that
0: yeah that's exactly right and it's mm-hmm. the same with creativity when I say it's the engagement with materials it's those materials are like the trees um, for the woodcutter. It's something that calls you, and in that calling, when you are faithful to that, uh, things that are dearest to your heart actually are illuminated in some way. But mm-hmm. it's only by um, by being allowed to hear that calling, if I can put it that way, that we can. No um, our own depths somehow mm.
1: I think knowing our own depths sometimes is um scary for people. it brings up fear um you know they there can be those wounds there that are difficult, like you said when you are in in when, even in your practice, sometimes those wounds come up or they're difficult and challenging and um how do you I mean one you did mention in a talk once about the wound is brilliant because it gives us an opening can you talk about that a little bit
0: Yeah the wound is really really important um I guess my the most profound wound for me was just understanding that I was different I remember what my first Zen teacher uh once uh, in a in a retreat uh, which of course is silent, but there was one period where we could have open questions, and one student said um, asked the question. So, you know, so he was he was clearly very uh, frustrated because you know Zen retreats can be quite difficult sometimes, and he said, you know, is is the purpose of all of this so that we can return to some kind of childhood innocence? And the Zen teacher sort of slammed his hand down and, and said, no, the Tao breaks our heart so that we may know our own depths. And that resonated so strongly with me. So, you know, the breaking of our hearts, that wounding, mm. uh, is a way in which we can, we get to know who and what we are And it provides us with this wonderful um, and rich um, sense of relating to the world Uh, and it gives us the power of empathy as well. Mm. And, you know, our wounds, each of our wounds is very different but it's something to break open the heart so that more light can get in if we have the wisdom to look at it.
1: Mm. And what do, you, what do you think that, you know, like when you say the wisdom to look at it, how can we, is, there, is that just happen or is there a way to cultivate um, having the wisdom or the willingness or the, the trust or the courage, I guess, maybe to look at that?
0: Well, I think it it's, has everything to do with compassion, you know. Just mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's the compassion. Compassion just allows us to um, to be, you know, compassion really just means to be with. And all of us, all of us human beings go through periods of difficulty. Uh, and with compassion we can then look at these uh, periods Uh, with some sense of, um, I'm going to say terribly old-fashioned words like grace. Mm. I love that
1: word, grace.
0: (laughs) So do I. Yeah. I think one of the most beautiful expressions that I ever heard uh, in terms of uh, meditation is meditation is about gracing this moment with your presence. Mm. So... um, yeah. Mm. Yeah,
1: I I love that. Um, that sort of the, grace is something that you open up to. That, that's how I feel. Like you open and
0: um, yeah, it's got nothing to do with you. Mm. You know, it's got mm. nothing to do with what you want. Yeah, none of this has. You know, I want to eat fish and chips on the beach. You know, that's what I want to <laughs> do. I don't want to. You know, but
1: yeah. it's got.
0: You know but life isn't like that it's mm. it's 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 actually not about what we want um it's about how we connect with things
1: mm. and do you think there's a, a surrender in that like that that you are surrendering i guess maybe your your will or your egoic self and surrendering to to that connection of something greater and and knowing that you're part of that
0: yeah uh the type one of my favorite phrases is the dark of absolute freedom Mm. and um yes please talk about that because that
1: is did you have a show with that name or i've had several shows (laughs) i just love it can you explain that because it's probably like the dark of absolute freedom what does that mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh well it's it's a phrase that I took from um, Ad Reinhardt's diaries, and Ad Reinhardt was a an American artist in the seventies, and uh, he was very influenced by Taoism. Um, and that uh, it's such a rich title. It, it really dark, is. <laughs> yeah, the dark is about not knowing, and fully relinquishing yourself into that not knowing, like. Every time a material or something calls me, I don't know what the hell. It, you know, I can't make it up. I'm not clever enough to actually understand it at that moment of, the, of, of how something calls me. And that freedom, but the freedom that comes in just entrusting that um, that lack of knowledge, that unknowing, that uncertainty, and feeling okay about that is fabulous and in my creative process, that's that's how the best work has actually come up. You know, I would lock myself sometimes, at the most critical periods, I would lock myself in the studio and just have one desire, and that is to experiment with this particular material or this particular color and just work and work and work and work at it. And that connection um, of and not knowing what the, the final outcome was going to be um, is just it's, it's so rich. I can't I can't tell you how rich that is. Uh-huh. But it has to be something that you're genuinely connected with, not something that you make up. Like today, I'm going to paint flowers. It's 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 more like oh my god, flowers. Something insists that I work with this, and you do that, and and don't know why.
1: Mm, it's like you're following it down the rabbit hole and not knowing where it's going. Yeah. Mm I I oh, that's that's I love that description. So the not knowing gives the freedom and the not knowing is the the dark yep. not knowing and then trusting in that. Yeah. And I think the other important thing is is when I was listening to you is is there's no agenda. I mean it's not like um oh, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to have a, an exhibition or whatever, you know, like not like mm. having any kind of end result. I mean, it might happen, but the focus isn't on that. It's actually for the p- pure almost pleasure and maybe pain sometimes, but just for that um, giving yourself into that calling, that curiosity, that exploration and that not knowing.
0: Yep, it's all about the inquiry.
1: Mm, the inquiry, yeah. Here I was, had a million words, and you and you said it <laughs> so beautifully. <laughs> the, the inquiry, it is, and uh, I think it applies to life. I mean, I think it applies outside of being an artist, and I think um, as an artist, you're able to really explain that so well through your practice. But I think for everybody, we always are facing an unknown. Every day we wake up, we don't really know how it's going to unfold. And to truly embrace that, like you say, it's, um, you didn't use the word magical, but like it's just agree I could yes you could
0: deeply mysterious life at its essence is deeply deeply mysterious
1: (laughs) and it just yeah it it has an incredible feeling and a vitality and an energy to it um and I can hear that when you speak of it and I think that um for a lot of people that feeling it goes away and but if you connect to that back into that place in you that's curious, that wants to explore something and and being able to say, yeah, I'm going to step into this unknown. I don't know where it's going to lead me. But knowing and trusting in it and just going with that feeling of this sort of excitement about it. And Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah, look, I feel that way. You know, I've just moved from the city into the country. Mm. And at times, um, the um, the intellectual part of me, the head part of me, kept saying, "Why the hell are you doing this? You you have a perfectly good life in Sydney, etc., etc., etc." And yet, you feel yourself. I felt myself propelled along this course. And even though it's felt odd and sometimes a bit lonely, nothing in my no, not one iota of me uh wants to return back to the city mm. Mm. so it's that kind of thing it's not just about art it's about your entire life There are sometimes yeah. things sweep you along and despite your own fear um, you go there and that's wonderful
1: do you think that's when you can have that little bit of distance between identifying um what would you, what could I say, identifying with you as uh, this, you know, all powerful being to just stepping out of that a little and just kind of watching and witnessing things as they unfold in your life. Oh, I think that's really important.
0: <laughs> At the deepest level, life is not personal. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's you know? right. And I think yes. that's a big key, isn't it? I mean, um, the tendency to personalize everything is is deeply, deeply ingrained. And um, yeah, and when yes, you can, are
0: the center of the universe. Yeah. but you are not the center of the universe. <laughs> Sorry, you are just part of a, an infinite web of causation. And so, anything that happens isn't personal. And yet, um, and yet, it is personal because it's happening to you, and it's just this wonderful dance we have to do.
1: Mm, love, I love that. Now, if someone wants to actually see your your art or um, get involved in it in some way, what what's the best place that they can go to to have a look or to explore um, what you explore in your practice?
0: Uh, there is, yeah, I, I I don't have a website. I suppose I should. Um, but uh, I show with a gallery called Sullivan and Strumpf in Sydney and they have um, information on my work. My work is also in the MCA collection, the Art Gallery of New South Wales. It's in actually, probably most major collections in Australia so you could just um, – just just do a google search i guess well um, i'll put those
1: i can put links up onto mm, the show notes yes um you know the website for sullivan strump and everything else so if yeah. you give those to me i'll put yeah. them up for the listeners yeah. so they can go to the links
0: click on and have a look and really yeah. there are there are video documentaries as well that have been made oh,
1: yes yes i'd love that link of um what was that one you made, The
0: talk of Absolute Freedom? It's quite beautiful. That was, yeah, that was my uh, um, survey show at the hmm. uh, UQ Art Museum. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's a good one. Um, there have been a number of uh, documentaries, so uh, I'll give you the, um, the links to them. Wonderful, and I highly recommend if you're listening
1: to this to go to the show notes and especially look at that video from the survey show. It's just wonderful. It really explains everything that we're talking about and even more because it's visual as well. We get to actually see <laughs> what you're working with. And um, before we go, I just want to just touch on one more thing that I see in your work a lot, and that is spontaneity and chance.
0: yes. Yes. Um, It's all based on the principle of flung ink painting. So flung ink is an ancient tradition of Chan or Zen painting, and what happens, or the the um, is that monks would meditate for a while to sort of quieten the mind, sort of soften the ego connections to things and take up a flask of ink and then spill it just like that and what was understood in that action was that that was the mark the universe has made so all the conditions that sub-attend this moment are in existence in that splash so in a lot of my work, I use that kind of spontaneity, and it's it's not it's not just spontaneity. It's not me or you know the subject doing it. It's actually the, that that action is the conduit of all actions, all causation that exist in any one moment. So the exploration of that has been very important in my work. Hmm. You could call it the calligraphy of the universe, if you like. I like that. I think I will. <laughs>
1: the calligraphy of the universe. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful. Well, we're almost out of time, and I just wonder if you could reach out and hold the hands of some of the listeners that maybe are just beginning an art practice or want to reconnect to their their inner artist um, it's probably a big question again, but uh, what, what could you say to them that would help them to um, continue on their journey and their path?
0: Always the secret is go to what you love and what you feel connected to. That's the secret. And that, that is, you know, that is by just going to the materials that you love and somehow the reasons for that love begin to unfold. And in that unfolding, you deepen your relationship with your work and you get surprised about what comes back at you.
1: Thank you so much, Lindy. It's been an honor, a privilege. Um, I got so much out of it, and I hope that the listeners also Really enjoyed our talk today. Much appreciated. I'm deeply grateful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks,
0: Asha. Well, I hope you
1: all enjoyed that conversation um, that I had with Lindy Lee today, and I certainly thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I feel really honored that she came on the show and spoke so frankly and so heartfully about her art and her life, and how it all intertwines together in this beautiful dance. And I especially loved her um, talk about the importance of intuition and that deeper part of yourself that thinks with the totality of what you are and your intellectual mind has no access to that. And I love that um, statement, that quote by her. So I hope you really um enjoyed the show if you did please go to itunes and give brilliant misfits a review it will really help in the ratings and help others to be able to find the show and have a listen and at asia you can find more offerings and information about living a mindful creative life until next time thank you thank you all for being here today if you enjoyed the episode Please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiaKennedy.com.